Welcome to the Pretty Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Mora. I'm a former Miss New Mexico USA, Miss New Mexico World USA. I was on a dating reality TV show that aired on E! And now I travel the world for a living and teach spin classes in downtown San Diego. You could say I'm a multi-passionate person who has my hand in a little bit of everything. I've lived a pretty adventurous life and I've had the pleasure of meeting some incredible people along the way. People who inspire me to be a better person and go after my dreams and goals. This season, I'm calling in all my girlfriends and the conversations on this podcast are going to inspire you to face your fears, go after your dreams, and give you the tools you need to accomplish those big goals in life. I always want this to be a place where you feel like you belong, and I am so excited to learn and grow together over the next few weeks. It's our time. It's time to create a pretty happy life. All right, you guys, I am so excited today because I have a wonderful guest. I have Claudia Miller with me here today. Claudia, welcome to the Pretty Happy Podcast. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. So I'm so excited about this episode, but why don't we? Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone, let everyone know a little bit about who you are and what you do. Of course. So I am a career coach and I help driven professionals get the jobs they want at salaries they love um, and even up to $50,000 in salary increases. And I have helped professionals in different you know, types of scenarios where they might be maybe starting out in their careers, maybe they're in you know, mid-size or like mid-manager or director roles, and even up to this executive suite. So I've worked with CEOs, uh, chief marketing officers, um, chief information officers, and so on. Um, and one of the things that I really like to help, um, you know, a lot of uh, people out there, especially like driven professionals, is with, you know, interview coaching, salary negotiation, um, career strategy, um, and interview coaching overall, just to help them accelerate in their careers. Awesome. Well, I am so looking forward to hearing some of what you have to say today. How did you become a career coach? <laughs> so I consider myself to be a driven, ambitious professional. So when I was starting out, um, you know, I did, you know, I was a straight A student and I was involved and I felt like I paid my dues and I was doing internships. So of course, you know, I should automatically get like one of the best job offers and work at the best companies. And I found myself not that not happening. So that was a little bit of a shock for me where, you know, I, I learned that there's so much more that I needed to be doing in order to be successful in my career. And that's when I started investing in myself. I hired coaches. I read a lot of books. I attended workshops and I invested thousands of dollars and time trying to figure out and how to crack the code with my career. And, you know, once, once I started really applying all of these learnings that I, you know, implemented, then I started getting those $30,000 salary increases. I started, you know, getting promoted. I started getting handpicked by the CEO for special projects. I was presenting to, you know, professionals with 18, 20 plus years of experience on how to implement best practices. And here I am with like, you know, a few months of actual work experience, but I was given and delivering those results. And, you know, I wanted to help my friends and I helped them out and they were getting the same, you know, successes that I was getting. And you know, I figured, let's try if this works with other industries and other levels of, you know, 
within their career. So maybe not just, just entry level, but maybe at a midsize or um, director level. And they also started getting the same successes. And that's when I started my business over five years ago, um, my career coaching business. And up to date, you know, I've still been helping a lot of ambitious professionals out there. And I've even had, you know, some of my clients get up to $50,000 in salary increases, even during COVID. Wow, that's pretty incredible, especially right now during COVID. Um, I know that you have had some pretty big accomplishments and you've been interviewed by some pretty big people. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about some of your accomplishments. Yeah, so I've been featured um, in Business Insider, I think, multiple times at this point. The first time was when I got my $30,000 salary increase when I was like in my mid-20s. Um, and then after that, it's just, um, you know, how to negotiate your salary. I've been featured in Forbes on how to write an effective resume that's going to get past the ATS system or that computer algorithm um, and, you know, be able to still stand out, even though that they spend, you know, six to eight seconds just reviewing your resume. I've also, you know, Business Insider named me one of the top 23 most innovative career coaches of 2020 globally. And, you know, I've been featured, you know, WGN and Payscale for other achievements that I've had um, because of the client, my client success. Well, congratulations on all of your success. success. That's truly just incredible and amazing. You should be so proud of yourself. Thank you. So what are, of course, what are, I know this is one of your things. What are seven steps to negotiate a higher salary? Yeah, so I love salary negotiation, um, especially talking about it because I know that a lot of people, um, there's a lot of myths around there, or you know, there's a lot of fear. You know, are they going to take back my salary offer? Like, what's going to happen? And one of the things that I like to focus on uh, when negotiating your salary is that you know, there's different ways of doing it, uh, but eventually, like, it comes to like these three specific steps. Um, which one is you know really practicing, being able to pull up and, you know, this is going to be maybe in a comfortable conversation for that person, because this is the first time you're negotiating your salary for some. And I've even worked with executives where they've told me I've never negotiated my salary and I know I'm being underpaid. So, you know, one of the things I always say is practice, practice, whether it's your pet, you know, if you have a dog or a bird, maybe not a cat so much because they might not stay there for long enough time. Uh, or look at yourself in the mirror and really practice having those conversations because at the end of the day, you don't want it to be confrontational. You want it to come naturally. Um, the next is doing your research. I know that, you know, in when you do a Google search or you look at Glassdoor and you look at, you know, what does this job pay? It's something ridiculous, like 50000 to 140000 <laughs> And, you know, as a person, you're like, well, where do I fall in? Like, am I at the bottom end? Am I in the mid range? Am I at the top range? Like, how do I figure that out? And, you know, one of the best ways that I've been able to and help my clients identify what is that salary range that is true for that specific industry or maybe company is reaching out to people within that company themselves or somebody within the industry and preferably two to three levels up. Because if you were to ask a peer, you know, how much are you making? They're not going to tell you. But if you ask a director or senior director, hey, by the way, Ashley, when, you know, when you were starting out as a marketing manager, um, what do you think is a good salary, you know, for these types of roles? Or what do you typically pay? What is a salary range for some of your marketing managers? And they're more likely to be honest because it has nothing to do with any of their finances. They're talking about the past or maybe some of their team members. Um, 
So that's a really great way to figure out, you know, what is that number? How should you negotiate? Um, just because in different industries or roles, you can negotiate different things. When you're in sales, um, you can you know, negotiate your commission. You can um, negotiate your restricted stock units. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can use this um, and leverage it. And, you know, there's so many other benefits you can leverage aside from salary. Right. Then, mm-hmm. Um, the other um, third tip is emphasizing what the company gains by hiring you. So, you know, you never want to make it a conversation about, well, you know, I, you know, Ashley makes more money than I do and we do the same role. At that <laughs> point, you're, that's a, that's a horrible business case because then your manager can say, well, Ashley negotiated her salary and you did it. So <laughs> yeah, you got paid because you're okay with that. Or they can say, you know, Ashley actually has been working on other projects that you didn't know about. And all of a sudden it, you lose that, like you lose that um, conversation. So you never want to make it about someone else. You never want to make it about, I'm a hard worker and, you know, I was come here on time and I submit everything on time. They're going to say, well, you should be. That's part of your job. That's why we hired you. So instead, you want to make it a case of why you were a great fit and you want to showcase why you'd be a great um, employee or you currently are a good employee. So That's such a good point. Yeah. And you got to remember managers. I mean, if you were to if I were to ask you, Ashley, Ashley, what did you do three, four weeks ago? Tell me about a project you were working on or what did you wear? <laughs> probably can't remember what I wore three weeks ago. <laughs> I probably can't remember what I wore three days ago. So. Right. Um, I mean, it is during COVID right now, so probably sweats. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so much information that we can't remember. So now imagine your manager or boss, like how are they going to remember all your achievements? Um, I know right now we're getting close to like the end of year end reviews. So don't assume your manager knows all your achievements because you don't even remember all of your achievements. So what I have clients do is create an achievement portfolio. And preferably you want to do this throughout the year, not, you know, come up with it a few days before your year end review, because one, you're not going to remember all of it. And two, it's just, it's just short of a time. You want to create more of that um, leeway where you can really create that business case. And what I mean by that is, Um, Look into all the projects that you've worked on. What would you consider was the biggest obstacle or challenge of why you started working on this project? Then talk about, you know, what did you, what actions were taken? What obstacles did you come across? And then the results, was it successful? How are you monitoring it? How did you ensure that it stayed consistent and everyone was able to apply to it? And then, you know, People are different. You want to create some visuals, whether it's you increase revenue, maybe increase engagement. You grew like their social media platforms or you were able to, you know, engineer and create this specific product or service that now is out to the market. You know, that's very important to highlight. So you want to remind them again of why you're so great and all the work and achievements and skills that you've had throughout your time um, within the company. Then I would say like the fifth is preferably never disclose your salary. And this is more when you're a job searcher applying for a new job. If they were to ask you, Ashley, you know, what are you what are you currently making in your role? Um, It's always good to deflect and maybe say, you know, thanks. You know, I'm I'm excited about, you know, applying for this marketing manager role. Um, The salary that I'm looking for this role is between, you know, 50 to 70,000. 
Um, don't tell them what you're making. Tell them the number you want. And never make that low end of that salary range a number you don't want. So if you know you want at least 70000 then say, you know, the salary that I'm looking for this was um, between seventy and 80000 But I'm sure we both can come to a number that, you know, suits us best. It's so. such great advice. It's such great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. So I know that you're an, ex- an expert, obviously, you're a career coach. What are some resume tips you can share with us today? Yeah. So one of the things that I've seen is, especially with creatives, you know, you want to make sure your resume is very pretty and then there's graphs and charts. Um, but what happens with some of these resumes is that you got to remember a person's going to spend only six to eight seconds. Do you want them to spend the six to eight seconds figuring out what everything's located and being distracted and figuring out like, oh, okay, like they're really good. Their language um, for this you know, second language is very you know, proficient. Or do you want them to focus that time on connecting the dots and why you're a great fit, why you stand out from the other candidates and why you're looking to move into this next role? So be very intentional. Um, I always tell my clients to include a summary and do it in bullet point format because they're not going to read a paragraph. <laughs> I don't care. Like I even, I skim through the paragraphs, but if it's in bullet point format, then I'm starting to pay attention and connect the dots for them. In six to eight seconds, if you're, you know, you're trying to pivot from, let's just say sales to marketing, you know, if the first thing they see on your resume is you're an account executive and you're applying for a marketing manager role, they're going to say, why are you applying to this role? Like it doesn't see, like it just doesn't match. But if you were to say, you know, I'm a sales and marketing professional with a background in operations, campaign management, and, you know, being able to drive robust robust pipeline, then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'll continue reading. I can see why this person is applying to this role. And not only that, they have a sales skills, which is very important. And so again, you want to connect the dots, then you want to give them like a big wow, where it's a big achievement. You know, I've worked with various industries and top global brands um, with a book of business of over $20 million throughout my career. All right, now I'm paying attention because no one else in their resume is writing anything like that. They're saying, you know, manages meetings, works, um, you know, with partners. Um, It's very task oriented and doesn't give enough color. You want to be able to give them color, but also control their imagination. You never know who's reading it. So if you were to say, I increased revenue, well, you technically can increase revenue if you increase it by a dollar, or did you increase it by 10,000, or did you increase it by a million? So you never know who's reading it. So be very specific so that way you're able to control the imagination. As most of you know, I love working out. It's a huge part of my life and has been for several years. Movement is so important, and there is nothing I love more than cute workout gear. I mean, of course, (laughs) who doesn't, right? But I am so picky when it comes to my workout gear because it has to have that perfect fit, right material, and it has to support me in all the different type of workouts I do. Well, I recently found a brand that fits all of my needs and is affordable. I am obsessed with peachy wear and have loved every single item I've purchased. In fact, the Dream Leggings are my all-time favorite leggings. Check them out over at peachywear.com. That's P-E-A-C-H-I-W-E-A-R.com and shop all of my favorite looks. You can use code PRETTYHAPPY for a little discount at checkout. So right now, you know, with COVID going on, um, what are some tips you have for people who want to make their LinkedIn profiles seen and more readily available to others? 
Uh, be strategic. Um, what I've seen is one, definitely always have a picture in your LinkedIn, please. I don't care if it's a cartoon caricature or whatever, just make sure you have something. Um, I was reading a stat that when recruiters or a hiring manager are looking at your LinkedIn, and you have no picture, they don't even bother looking at anything else. It's just, it doesn't make it personal. So if you're very shy or bad with camera angles or whatever, um, at least include like a caricature of yourself or something along those lines where at least they'll continue reading. The next is your headline. I see a lot of people, they'll be X-Row at Y companies. So for example, for me, it would be like Claudia Miller, career coach or Claudia T. Miller. Um, that's That doesn't tell me anything. Maybe you can say sales and marketing professional with 10 plus years of experience managing budgets of over $30, $30 million plus. Um, and then you can be even specific um, in healthcare, manufacturing, and um, I don't know, marketing or whatever. But all of a sudden, that's going to pique my interest because everyone just look at, I don't care what field you're in, what industry, just look at anybody else's or just look up marketing manager and it'll say marketing manager at blank company, marketing manager at blank company. So that's one way to stand out. Of course, make sure your settings are optimized so that way when um, recruiters know that you're looking and then you're up, you know, open to opportunities. And lastly, make sure that your skills section on your LinkedIn is robust. Um, if you're a marketing manager, you want to have, make sure you have all those skills because LinkedIn has a layer of ATS system embedded into it. So when recruiters are looking for specific roles, so let's just say sales, they might look for account executive, B2B, um, solution selling or consultative selling. They're going to type these keywords. You want to make sure you have those in your profile so that way you rank in the first one or two pages uh, because it's like Google. Nobody looks at the third or fifth page unless you're really desperate. Um, if anything, you might just re, like redefine your search in order to get more accurate results. So those are my like top big tips that I have for optimizing your LinkedIn. Those are perfect. Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, so while we're all navigating COVID, I mean, hopefully we're kind of on the end of it right now, but do you have any advice for someone who's looking for a job during COVID? Yeah. Um, you know, stay in hope. Like there are jobs out there. There's a lot of companies hiring. They're, they're thriving during COVID. Um, it may not be so much like hospitality or travel, like, you know, but there are other industries like um, food delivery service, Instacart, Amazon, like there are companies out there. So don't lose hope. There's a lot of jobs out there. I had a client where she was out of work for six months, couldn't get a job. We started working together and then she got a $48,000 salary increase, broke into the six figures. And I'm not even including any commission or bonus that was part of that. Wow, um, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely jobs out there. So just be strategic, be intentional and start thinking, what are other people doing and what can I do differently? So we know that everyone's applying on job boards. So how can I do that differently? Well, I can also look to see if I know anyone within my network or I know nobody emails the HR person. They might send them a LinkedIn, but never an email. So how can I figure out this person's email? There's a lot of tools and resources like you know, just look up email finder tools. We just need to be thinking outside the box right now, pretty much. Yeah. And also, I think um, I think something to keep in mind, too, is that um, so many businesses and their business plan and business structure, the dynamic has changed so much because of COVID. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I work for the airline industry, so, um, you know, my career is a little bit different. But 
I have friends who, you know, used to go to an office five days a week, nine to five, and they will never be working in an office again, just because things have changed. And I think that in itself has provided a lot of new job opportunities. So um, it's also just something else for everyone to keep in mind. Um, So before we go, uh, two more questions. Um, What are some interview tips that you can share with us? Yes. um, Prepare for the interview before you have the interview. So a lot of people, again, it's, you know, what does everyone else do? You get an interview, so you start prepping two, three days before. My clients prep anywhere between four to eight weeks before. So that way they are highly polished by the time they walk into or log into the interview. And, you know, they do a lot of this prep time that it's hard to compete with someone that, let's just say I started prepping for this interview two days ago. It's hard for me to compete with someone that's been doing this already for eight weeks. Like it's just, I, I just can't beat them at that point. Um, so don't start inter- practicing for interviews until the night before. Start be- way before. And if you're already in the interview process, start practicing now. Like, what are you going to say? Like, tell me about yourself. That's probably the most important question. But yet people will say, I'll just wing it. Or I'll know what I'll, what to say once I get there. Or, you know, I'm sure I'll come up with something once, you know, I'm on the spot. And trust me. It will, you never give yourself enough justice. Everyone thinks that they toot their own horn. And from my experience, you never do enough and people can't read your minds. So that's the best, you know, way to do it is prepare for it. Um, think about what they're really asking. When I, when someone asks you, tell me about yourself, they don't really care about your personal life. You know, how many siblings do you have? Where were you born? Where do you live? What they're really asking is, tell me why you should. Tell me why you're the top candidate for this role. That's really what they're asking. So prepare for those questions. Understand the question behind the question um, from the interviewer's perspective and start planning around it. And prepare your business case. If instead of, you know, when people ask you, how would others describe you? Um, show them like, hey, by the way, you know, um, my clients have called me that I'm very um, strategic, I'm innovative, and that I'm always a pleasure to work with. And I actually received a recommendation from the CEO of this health plan. I'd be more than happy to share that with you. Um, There were some very touching words um, that the CEO said about my work. Wow. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's great advice. Okay, so two questions before we go. Um, And I like to ask every single guest that comes on the Pretty Happy Podcast this question, what are three things that you're grateful for today? I am very grateful for just being alive. (laughs) Um, That's something that I'm very, you know, happy with, especially since there are many people out there that, you know, have passed away, not only because of COVID, but for other, you know, reasons. Um, I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for my ability and willingness to learn. I feel like there's, I can never learn everything. And there's the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know much of anything. So it's just that willingness to continue learning and striving. And third, I'm grateful for my family, just being surrounded by them, even though maybe virtual at times, um, and just having that great support system around me that helps me get past, you know, some of these humps that we may have going through, or you know, from social distancing, we may not see people or go out together, but you know, still being able to connect with them on Zoom and different levels, I'm very grateful for that support system. I love that. I love that. And I'm very thankful for you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do this podcast interview. So thank you so much for being here. Where can everyone find you online? 
Yeah, they can go to ClaudiaTMiller.com. So T is in Tom, ClaudiaTMiller.com. You can also look me up on LinkedIn. Just look up Claudia T. Miller and you'll see me there. Um, and of course, on my Instagram, at Claudia T. Miller.